This podcast is a walk in the life of entrepreneurship. We will interview people from all walks of life, but have one thing in common. They have taken risks, went against the grain, and rose to the occasion to thrive in their purpose. This podcast will be a source of knowledge, inspiration, and proof that greatness can be born from the ground up. From the ground up. From the ground up. Welcome back to the Ground Up Podcast, where we share business owners and creatives' entrepreneur stories to help you get started and keep going. This is episode 58, Listen, Learn, and Be Inspired. Today, we're bringing you Crystal Danbridge, owner of The Book Bar. The Book Bar is a bookstore that centers BIPOC authors and brands in effort to uplift and support a culture that is often silenced. Oh, I love that. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thank you. I just, you know, I got that off your website. I, I heard it. I was like, oh, that's definitely front page of the website. That is okay. Yeah, I mean, I just love it so much. It's just, it's powerful. And I'm so excited to have you on the show to, you know, tell your story, your whole entrepreneur story, and what created this wonderful place that's about to open here in Richmond. So this is exciting. It is. It is. It's getting there. Yeah, it's getting there. I know. It's a journey, right? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and how do you feel like your upbringing helped impact where you're going, where you're here, where you are today? Um, I'm a Jersey girl. So I'm from Jersey. I'm a Jersey girl through and through. And I lived there majority of my life until about 08 when I came to Virginia. Um, and it was actually strangely enough. I came to Virginia on a whim. Hmm. Like there wasn't really a reason for me coming here. It was more so I wanted to leave Jersey. And so I put in applications in a bunch of different states. And I said, the first state that hires me, that's the state I'm moving to. And Virginia hired me. So that's where I moved. Did you have um, any no preconceived notions of Virginia? <laughs> I I did not. Okay, I good. Not. Um, Obviously, I mean, you must love it, right? Uh, oh, is love a strong word? Love is a very strong Stop word. Stop it. Come on. Um, I do not dislike it. Okay. Uh, it's growing on me. It has grown on me. I mean, obviously, no matter where you're from, every place you come from is a different culture. And so being a northerner, it very much is a different culture. It's a lot faster paced. It's, it's just different. Um, and I think my experience moving down here initially was extremely negative. Um, the, there, you know, you hear that Southern hospitality and I was like, I think Southern must start after Virginia because there was zero hospitality here. Oh no. (laughs) When I came, it was really, really interesting. People, it was really a preconceived notion for me. It was more so like, Oh, you're a northerner. Oh, I already know you're rude. Northerners are always rude. I'm like, well, dang, Dang, that's well. Okay. You're okay. laying. You're laying. <laughs> okay, 2008. It's 2022 now. You lay roots here, and you're, you know, you're opening a business here. I, I from my, from outsider looking in, seems like Richmond is is welcoming you now with open arms. Richmond is welcoming. Yes, we'll yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, <laughs> we can go with that. Richmond has definitely grown on me i'll say that i don't dislike it here in any way shape or form and i don't want to i don't want anyone to think that i really truly do not dislike it here um i think it's more so for me sometimes i just miss home yeah home is um, home so it, yeah. It, yeah home is going to always be home and so yeah. sometimes i just miss home but it has nothing to do with disliking richmond in any way shape or form yeah i mean um, i could do I, I mean we could just go on about this because i love richmond so much so, <laughs> so. no well richmond has a culture and i think that's part of why the bookstore will do so well. Like Richmond has a culture here. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it's a city, but it's a small city. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a culture filled city. There's so much um, art, music, just just. Yeah, and I feel like we're so thankful for what when we see people like you, you know, entrepreneurs like you laying roots in here and giving us these spaces that we we really will appreciate. We need them. So the book bar is exciting for us because we we need a space like this. So. Yeah, so I think every place needs a space like that, honestly, but that's just me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's talk about entrepreneurship. What led you to entrepreneurship? Anything about your upbringing um, that you think impacted that journey for you? Um, definitely. I think my mom would say that I'm hard headed, and that's really what it is. I am very hard headed, I am very stubborn, and I dislike being told what to do. Hmm. So I learned early on that. That doesn't work when you work for other people because they yeah. tell you what to do and you don't have an option. Um, I mean, you can say no, but it, it doesn't work out well in the end. Um, and so it got to a space for me that I really just knew that I needed to work for myself. But on top of that, it was also a matter of like, I'm, I feel like I'm a change agent at heart. That's just who I am. I like to be a force for some level of change. And I think we all can be. Um, and, and for what it is that I do for a living, um, my whole time job being a therapist, I feel like in that field there, they need to see more black and brown faces being those agents of change. And it's more difficult to do it in agencies, mainly because the people at the top don't look like us. And so, you know, you're, you're faced with, um, very Western views, um, treating, bodies that are, are black and brown and and at the end of the day that's not who we are as as a people that's not who we are as a culture as a heritage and so the best way for me to affect change was to go out on my own and say you know what I'm going to do this a little bit differently so you went to school for therapy and so you got your license and you went on to open up your own practice so I mean that's that's dope so what I, what shifted you into your passion now or your your current entrepreneur journey uh the same thing honestly just the self-care aspect of things like for me self-care is huge um I I talk to my clients about it all day every day when I talk to them I'm like listen you you got to take care of yourself and then when the pandemic hit it was huge because as much as people were forced to stay home I think in the same vein, people were going stir crazy, you know, cabin fever. They didn't know what to do. And I'm like, you, that's showing me you already do not have self-care skills that you put in effect daily because being home shouldn't be this big of an issue. (laughs) People, I mean, now, and, and this is like barring poor home environments. Like I'm not talking about that. That's different. I'm talking about, there's nothing wrong with your home environment. You just really don't like being there. You're getting so crazy. You need to go out. You need to be around. You need to go do things like there's nothing wrong with wanting to socialize, but what are you all putting into place to get you through that day to day? We've been in this um, pandemic for what going on three, three years now, something like that. At this point, there should be something where we're all able to make it through the day self care. And for me, it's always been reading. Um, and that was from a very young age. And, um, when it came to even having my practice, I started to feel like I was pulling away from the self-care because I was too busy trying to get everybody else together. Um, everyone else was losing their minds. Um, and not from a mental health standpoint, just in general, (laughs) everyone else was, you know, not sure what to do, just not sure how to deal, not sure how to cope, even down to, I work mainly with children and adolescents and, and it's the amount of kids who were just like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, do, do what? And just being in the house for them was 
just too much. They wanted to be around their friends, but they didn't know what to do. I'm like, so what do you, even when you were in school, what were you doing? I said to my adults, even when you were out going to work, what were you doing? What, so were you, what was what everyone was that, doing? What was that moment like for you when you realized you wanted to transition? What you were doing? Um, I'm not necessarily transitioning yet, though. I still have both. Ah, there we go. Uh, yeah. So, and I think I think I get that question a lot, and I'm always like, "Huh? No, <laughs> I, I'm not." Oh, so, what was that moment like for you when you decided you wanted to further what you were doing? That's a big decision to take on. You know, was that a big decision to t- to decide I want to have another venture? Um, I think I get restless. Mm. And it was the restlessness for me that was like, you've been thinking about doing this. What's stopping you? And of course, COVID had the world sitting still. And so I was like, well, you have nothing but time now. So I was working from home. I had literally nothing but time. So I was like, well, you got time. Make it happen. You said you want to do this. What's stopping you? And, And for me, it's like, what's stopping me? There's literally nothing stopping me. So go ahead and do it. And that's really what it was. And it wasn't until I got all the way into it and I'm like here sitting inside this <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, this was, I don't know if this was the smartest idea I've had, but we're here now. You're here now. So, yeah. I, I don't regret it at all. It's And when I say I don't know if it's the smartest idea, it's more so like you took on a whole business, like a whole retail business. You know, I didn't add consulting. I didn't add something that is more so, oh, you can do it from home still. I took on an entire retail establishment with a two-year lease. So it didn't start that way, right? Did it start, it started as an online? It did not. Yeah. So it let's... started online. Um, and that one, just kind of speaking from the entrepreneurial standpoint, that one was more so because as a, as a startup business, um, it is very difficult to get startup funds. Um, you pretty much do not qualify for any startup funds, unless you've been in business for a certain period of time. And so, and it's not something that is, I don't think, I don't think it's as widely known as people like to believe it is because, you know, they always have those ads or whatever for startup capital, but Mm -hmm. they don't specify that startup capital really means you've been in business for 18 months. That that's not my definition of startup. My definition of startup is I'm starting. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Getting. Um, So, you know, going in, I was looking for, uh, startup capital, you know, working with different, uh, organizations for, you know, get the business plan straight, doing all of these things only to be told you haven't been in business long enough. Can you, is there any way you can open sooner? And I knew that I couldn't open the brick and mortar location. I couldn't open the storefront that soon because that requires funding. Um, so I, I made it a point I had, you know, gotten all of the, like the EIN, all the paperwork together in March of last year. And so once I started working with everyone come, I think it was end of April, beginning of May that it was, I had the conversation and and I was asked, is there any way you can start sooner? And I was like, I mean, the most I can do is launch online, but I can't do anything beyond that. And they said, okay. So I said, okay, well, we'll launch. And June was coming up. And so I was like, we're launching on Juneteenth. Um, And by the time I had said that I I didn't have a website, I didn't even have a website designer. I had nothing. And I'm like, I'm launching on Juneteenth. I had to find someone. And by the time I found her, I think it was three weeks before launch. And she was like, Juneteenth, huh? Three weeks. <laughs> I was like, can you make it happen? She said, she said, I could. Black woman um, owned business. She said, I, I, can, I can make it happen. And she made it happen. Literally, I think the website was done the day before. 
Wow. And we, we went ahead and launched it on Juneteenth. That's amazing. So what has that journey been like from launching it? So that was Juneteenth of 2021, right? So yes. that's Yeah, okay. So what's it been like now? So now you are about to open a brick and mortar. What's that journey been like in between? Um, trial and error. A lot, a lot. I mean, one thing I'll say, and, and not that I haven't had any assistance because, you know, I've, I've worked with uh, Jackson Board Collective. I've worked with the SBDC. I've, I've worked with different organizations who, you know, will help where they can. But at the end of the day, the, the biggest thing is everyone's like, I, I don't know anyone who owns a bookstore. <laughs> I, don't know who to, I don't know who you can talk to because I don't know anyone who owns a bookstore. Right. Um, and so it just became, okay, so how do I get this off the ground with no help? Um, and I'm reaching out, there are different, um, forums, social media has different forums. And so they're like black booksellers and all these other things. And so I'm reaching out and I'm like, Hey, hi guys, what do I need to do? Um, and I'm joining organizations and I'm doing everything I possibly can. Strangely enough, one of the largest helps I've received or biggest helps I've received was from a bookstore literally around the corner from where my location is. Mm. Um, the owner of a fountain bookstore uh, reached out to me on social media when she, I think it was like a day or two after my launch, she must've seen it on social media, reached out to me and said, Hey, I own fountain bookstore right here in Richmond. If you'd like to sit down for coffee or tea, I'll let you know everything. That... I know. Literally she did. She was like, what do you want? Do you want, do you want to see my, my stuff? I'll just, I'll show you. Do you <laughs> what do you want to see? And it, even down to connecting me to publishers, like she has been a huge help, which was needed because for so long I kept hitting roadblocks, yeah. which is normal. And, and, you know, starting any kind of business is very normal to hit the roadblocks, but it, it can be very discouraging. Uh, it can be very frustrating and it is very easy to want to just be like, you know what, maybe this wasn't for me, or maybe I should stick with the online and not, not open the store. Like it's so easy to go that route because you start to feel like everything is working against you. Um, so to have someone literally come to me and say, I think what you're doing is amazing. I'm right here in Richmond too, but that's okay. What do you need? I'll help you. And literally I was like, I don't know what I don't know. So what yeah. do you know? Building <laughs> relationships was, is so key mm-hmm. in the success it's of entrepreneurship. Important. Building relationships and building those key relationships. I think, and I think that's the, the bigger piece of it. Cause you know, building relationships is important across the board, but when you're starting a business, if you can find a mentor or someone within that same exact field, um, that's what's important because it's not that I couldn't find a, someone who, you know, has a retail establishment, but owning a retail establishment, any retail establishment is not the same. I'm opening a bookstore. Yeah. Our inventory isn't the same. How we do things is not going to be the same. You can tell me, you know, generalizations, but you can't connect me to publishers. Right. You can't connect me to authors. You you can't tell me what that looks like. And then I'm opening a bookstore and, and wine shop. And so even the bookstore owner around the corner was like, I don't know anything about the wine piece, but I know somebody who owns a wine bar. There you go. I you to them. And I was like, you know, that'd be awesome. So we went and had, I think, happy hour dinner something there one day and she was like I just wanted to introduce you to and and literally as I'm like sipping on wine it, eating whatever was being served I don't know um 
she just ran, she just stood right there and ran down. This is what you need to do for ABC. This is how you get this. Don't be afraid of this. You might want to rethink this. I know this is what you were thinking, but that's probably not going to work. Try this route. And that was eye opening because again, you don't know what you don't know. So I went in, I mean, I guess naive is the best way to say it, but I don't think I was necessarily naive. I just didn't know things. Yeah. Um, and so I went into it like, oh, I'll just get an ABC license and I'll be serving, you know, wine and all these things. And then it was like, I mean, you could do that. But in order to do that, you need this, 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 this. And I was like, all right, what's the next level down? Because I don't <laughs> want to do that. Um, you know, in my mind, I didn't think all that was required was actually required. Essentially to serve on premises, to truly serve. I can do, I can offer tastings and, and do all of that. Do, you know, little sips, little two ounce pours and stuff like that. But I can't fully like, you can't come in here and order wine by the glass. Yeah. Um, yeah. In order to do that, I essentially would have to be a full service kitchen. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm a bookstore. Wow. Yeah. I don't want to be a restaurant. So tell us more uh, about the store then. How, how will that operation work? So, I mean, it is a bookstore. That's what it is. It's a bookstore, but it's set up kind of like a lounge style setting. And so there's like seating um, that is, you know, sofas, individual chairs, coffee tables, you know, end table, side tables, things of that nature. There's actually what I'm sitting at right now, which is um, there's a, I don't want to say kitchenette because it's actually a full kitchen. There's a full kitchen um, here with um, like a, a bar, I guess. I don't know what's called this. I'm just drawing a blank on it, but I have like bar stools set up right here where the tastings would be. Um, so, I mean, it, you can come in, you can shop for books. You, there's a TV, you can have a seat. Um, you can say, you can come in and get tastings. Uh, the tastings are free with the purchase of anything actually. Wow. Um, yes, because legally I cannot charge for tastings. Um, (laughs) There you go. Get creative with it. (laughs) You you have to because listen, and it's not so much that I want to have to charge. What really what it is, is I, people will be people. And I know that there will be individuals who will come in, sit down, get all the tastings, taste all the wine and then walk out the door. Well, wait a minute. I'm still a business and I have to stay open in order for my doors to stay open. Unfortunately, I have to find ways to make money that are creative. Now I'm not going to, you know, I'm not doing like, Oh, in order to get a taste and you have to purchase such and such amount. Like it's not really that it really just comes down to. So, you know, at this point it really is the tastings. Will it expand? The goal is to eventually expand. But right now I, I just, I didn't want to get outside of that. I didn't want to step outside of the, this is a bookstore. Right. And I think once the the wine portion of it came in and they told me all the things that needed to happen for it, I was like, this is no longer a bookstore. This is now a restaurant that happens to have a couple of books. That's oh. not what I want. I wanted a bookstore that happens to have some wine. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it is. And then the other big aspect of it is that it's all BIPOC brands. Early from um, Black, Indigenous, people of color. Oh, is it frozen? Yeah, it's frozen. Okay, but you can hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then I'll keep going. Uh, so really what I wanted it to be was um, Black, Indigenous, people of color. I wanted to center BIPOC brands. That was extremely, extremely important for me. I wanted it to center BIPOC brands. Um, and so the books are BIPOC authors. The wines, right now, all of my wines that are coming in are Black-owned brands. Um, but once... Uh, I am able to expand beyond that to feature other people of color. I definitely will. Um, even down to, so for 
the ABC license, I have to sell food. Um, there, there is no option. I cannot maintain my license without selling some kind of food. So everything is prepackaged, gourmet popcorns, chips, um, charcuterie, like different things. Everything's prepackaged, but all of them are black owned brands. Wow. Um, so like it all came down to doing my research because it is not that easy to find. Yeah. That's why I'm amazed. Yeah. It is, it was way more difficult than I think it should have been, but that also speaks to the testimony of why this is a needed space. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, you went out. She went away. Did I go away? Am I not here? You're, You're here now. Well, not visually, but I can hear you again. I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. So, um, yeah, I I shouldn't have had to do all of that research that it entailed to find these brands. Um, and, and that was kind of the purpose when people are like, well, why are you centering BIPOC authors or why are you centering BIPOC brands? I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how <laughs> difficult it was just to find these? Right. That's why I'm centering it because I had, I myself as a business owner couldn't just go and say, Hey, where can I wholesale purchase X, Y, Z? I had to literally say, does this even exist? Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then when it existed, I'm like individually reaching out to brand owners and saying, Hey, I mean, I know you have a website. Do you wholesale at all? Are you in any stores? And these, they're not in stores. They're no, like no one can find them. Don't even get me started on the wines. I'm literally asking distributors who are your BIPOC brands. And I'm getting lists of like three bottles. Are you kidding me? You just sent me a whole price book of hundreds of wines and only three of them are black or other people have, like you have three minority brands in your entire price book and that's not problematic to you. Exactly. And this is Um, again, why (laughs) spaces like yours are needed. It's why it's needed. Um, What's, what's the experience been like? So you still have your therapy practice and you've been building this business simultaneously um, as a serial entrepreneur. Now, what is, what does that feel like? What has that journey been like? That is exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. that is probably the best way that I can put it. It's, it's exhausting. Um, what helps get you through self care? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a reader. I read, I read, I read, I read. I usually work out too. I'm a little disappointed in myself because I haven't been working out. So I've been gaining, but, um, I'm a reader and I work out, uh, when I can. Um, and, and, my support system, I have really, really, really amazing support systems in place. So friends, family, and all of my family is in Jersey. Like I have zero family in Virginia. Um, and they've even been down. Like when I got the email that I was going to get an inspection and they said, your place needs to look like it's ready to open. I had nothing in here. There was literally nothing. This space was completely empty. And I had three days to make it look like I was about to open any and at that point oh go mm-hmm. ahead go ahead 
no, I was gonna say at this point I didn't have bookshelves. Like, I had nothing. I yeah. had certain I had certain things, but I was waiting because I was under the impression again, not knowing how it worked. I was under the impression they had to come and see the space, inspect it first before I could move in. So I was waiting for them to inspect it before I moved in. Gotcha. When they said nope, that's not how it works. Flip it. I called my family and I was like, "Can you all cut down here?" The very next day, they were in Virginia. My called my friends and I was like, "Hey, all hands on deck." Can you help? And so, I mean, painting, painting a wall. We have an accent wall in here, putting pictures up on the wall, putting furniture together. Um, like all the shelves, all the shelves we had to put together, the furniture had to get put together because everything arrived, literally everything arrived in boxes. Had to go get the TV, had to go get all of these things just to um, start putting things on the shelves. Um, and then also checking in books and getting them on the shelves. Like I didn't have everything. I still am working on things coming in, but I had to make it look like right. if I needed to open tomorrow, I could. Yeah. And that was literally a two and a half day process of being here from the time we all woke up at breakfast until literally one, two AM trying to get this stuff together. So when you're asking me like how I'm making it through, literally my support system is like, what do you need? Even down to knowing I'm coming out of pocket with everything. I don't, you know, and I don't really ask for money unless I, no, I don't ask for money. I don't like asking for money. There's a new business in town. Golden Touch Mobile Detailing. If you're in the Richmond, Virginia area and tired of riding dirty. Or you appreciate a deep clean. Book an appointment with Golden Touch Mobile Detailing. It's not your average car wash. Full interior and exterior cleaning. And Golden Touch Mobile Detailing comes to you. It's the attention to detail to make you a returning customer. Follow the Instagram at Golden Touch RVA and book your appointment. I guarantee you'll be riding clean. What do you want RVA to know? So this episode actually airs after your opening. So your opening is February 5th. It is. And this episode airs February 21st, but still in the very beginning of opening of the store. What do you want people to know about you, about the store, about the experience you want them to have? Um, so... Honestly, I just, I really want people to know, one, that I'm here. That's a big thing. I need you all to know that I'm here so you can come and support. Um, but understand that I created this space for this community. Like, it was done for the community, and that was big for me. Um, it is very much BIPOC-centered. And so coming in, understanding that you're about to have a whole vibe, I want this to be a safe space where people can come in, leave the problems at the door, like come in, leave it, but leave the problems behind you, walk in and just feel good, whatever that means for you. Um, and that's really what I wanted to create in this space was a space that just feels good. Um, I didn't want it to feel, and not that there's anything wrong with a typical retail location. So I, I don't want to make that, you know, statement because there's nothing wrong with going in shopping and bouncing, nothing at all wrong with that. However, I wanted to create, a vibe or an experience that was a little bit different where you didn't feel rushed. You can, you can just kind of sit back, even if you purchase your book and decide, you know what? I don't want to rush home to the kids right now, the husband right now, the dog right now, or the empty house right now. I want to just sit here, crack this book open, listen to some good music, maybe, you know, get a little tasting and just, just vibe out for a bit until I'm ready to, you know, deal with the rest of life. Like I wanted that to be this space. I love that. I can, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to get in there. Um, what a, What have you learned about yourself through starting the book bar? That I need to sit down somewhere. <laughs> um, so 
I don't know. It's 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 hard to it's really hard to to think about what I've learned about myself. I I I guess more so reaffirm that I'm very much determined. <laughs> I once I say I'm going to do something, I am definitely going to make it happen. Like that's not even um an, an option. It's gonna happen. Um I've learned that I need to do better with asking for help because this, like, I think, I don't think this ever would have come to fruition if I hadn't asked for, like, help reach out to my family, reach out to my friends and said, y'all, I am losing my mind. I need help. <laughs> um, and, and they, you know, were like, well, just say something, say so. What do you need? Um, so I've learned that about myself that I, I need to do better with asking about asking for help. Um, but I've also, I think, learned that as much as I enjoy community, as much as I enjoy vibing out with people, I am very much a one-on-one person. Like all of these interviews are, are making me more nervous. Um, and so it's crazy because everyone thinks because I'm a therapist, I should be like this extroverted individual. And it's like the exact opposite. I'm extroverted when I know the person. If I don't know you, I'm like, ooh. So when people are like, can we do an interview via email? It's easy. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I'm like butterflies in my tummy until mm-hmm. the interview is over with because I'm too nervous right now. Um, so well, I, I, I sure hope myself and I'm like. I sure hope that you don't feel that way through this interview. You know, this is a this is a place where people listen to this podcast to be inspired and you have a beautiful story and you're doing big things. So this was this was a, a space for you to come and just share that and up uplift other people and celebrate yourself. I'm trying to uplift other people. That's what I'm trying. I am trying my hardest. That, and you're doing it, boo. You're needed, doing especially it. Especially in current climate. Yeah. You honestly, you just, you just, you just creating what you're creating uplifts other people because you are, like you said earlier, well, like, you know, when I read the description, you are giving a voice to what's been silenced, you know, you being you and your authentic self and building this business, that's doing it. You're doing it. That's why I actually be on this podcast. It's, it's, and I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. Um, it's, I mean, like I said, I think it's necessary. I don't think, and I, I think it, it's one, especially when it comes to a bookstore, mm-hmm. um, increasing literacy is always important. It's always going to be important. Um, but at the end of the day, people want to feel that they are being represented. And I feel like more often than not, that's not what's happening more often than not, you have to really search and find like, oh, look, there goes a book by someone who looks like me versus walking in. And I think that's more creative, which is also why um, when, I don't know if you all pay it to the social media when, when I decided to post. Um, the books are always face out because for me, it was important to walk into the space and see black and brown faces. I love that that's important that makes a difference and I, I mean I have I have a kid section I have you know I have pretty much all the sections you could think about I probably have it in here in some way shape form um as much as I possibly can and the real big thing for me was face out books I wanted you to walk in and not just see spines and have to you know go through and scan, feel like you were in any other store I wanted you to walk in and see your face in these in the in these books that was important that's beautiful um 
I thank you. I'm so excited you're here in Richmond. I'll be visiting, and I know my listeners are going to be so just inspired by you and just inspired to when they enter that space. Majority of our listeners are here in Richmond, so y'all get on out there. It's going to be open by the time you hear this. All right, we're going to wrap up with a little game. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Oh, goodness. Okay. Yeah, this is Would You Rather This or That. Would you rather have more time or more money? Time. Time. This or that, peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese? Oh, can I have half and half? (laughs) Yes, you can, Crystal. (laughs) Would you rather be locked out of the house at home (laughs) or locked out of your car in a parking lot? Oh, um, <laughs> neither. I know. Uh, I guess home breaking in the door in some way, shape, form. Yeah, I'm with you at home. I don't want to be in no a parking lot. This or that, cideries or distilleries? Hmm, I, mm, I guess distilleries. Mm. <laughs> Maybe wineries? Neither for me. Honestly. Give me a winery. I know. <laughs> All right, Crystal, how can the listeners reach you? RVA Book Bar. Everything is going to be RVA Book Bar. So my website is rvabookbar.com. All of my social media handles are at RVA Book Bar. And the email is rvabookbar at gmail.com. Perfect. And everything's going to be in the show notes. Thank you guys for coming back for another episode of the Ground Up Podcast. And we'll see you next Monday. Thanks for listening to the Ground Up Podcast. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, rate, and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram at the Ground Up Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're really feeling us, become a Patreon, or as we like to call them, a friend of the podcast. All right. You there?